Aaron stole Michelle's uh, more comfortable chair. I did not steal it. Like two no. weeks into this podcast. So it's been Wait, like, so I used to be in that one? Yeah, for the first week or two. You can tell I'm not very observant. Okay, so I used to be in that one because I... This doesn't feel any different. No, you've been in that one for quite a yeah, long yeah, time. That's, that's but just you guys one. have had the comfy Why would chairs? you bring that up yep. to let her know? Because he's being honest. That used to be there. So she can forgive he's you. He's going to ask for forgiveness. Now I'm in this one. Oh, oh you broke oh, it. You know what? Some of us have been living that way a long time. Today we're talking about forgive week two of the 11. Who is the servant and who is the king? Looking at Matthew 18. I like this week because at least I'm walking through scripture. This is one of the reasons why I have a hard time going topically. Because you, you're you talking about a thing and you're not necessarily looking just directly at expounding a particular scripture. I mean, in this week, we do. This week, we're going to talk about the parable that Jesus tells of the unforgiving servant. And it's it's a really shocking, I think, story if someone's never heard it before, because you have this guy that has this unimaginable debt to this king, and the king forgives the debt because the servant begs him to. And that same servant goes out, finds another servant, and says, you know, pay me back what you owe me, which is like... Point zero 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 one percent of what this guy owed the king, and the guy will not forgive the guy his debt, throws him into prison, and it's like, what? And then the king brings this guy in that didn't forgive the other guy's debt and says, you know what? Well, now I'm going to throw you in jail because of what you did. And then Jesus says, and this is what my father will do if you do not forgive others from your heart. And it's like, wow. That's sobering. <laughs> that is, that's, a, that's a sobering thing. And, and there's all kinds of debate on what Jesus means when he says that. But I think that rather than going into the minutia of it all, we can really look at the obvious point in that when we don't forgive, we are essentially in a prison of our own making. And so we're going to end by talking about how forgiveness is difficult and then really focusing on the vertical, the internal, and then the horizontal aspects of how it works out. So going through this parable, would you recommend groups kind of read through the parable again, kind of at their, their discussion nights or? Don't know if that was in our reading plan, which it was. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think I think reading through that would be great. So we, so we were, Brady was kind of talking more about his understanding of forgiveness and it really does come down to your fawn response. And his whole thing is, I don't want to cause waves. I want everybody to like me. And therefore, I'm just going to essentially suck it up and eat it all. Absorb. Don't bring your therapy speak into this space. <laughs> suck it up and eat it all? Is that my therapy? <laughs> Actually, yeah. I think I've used the line. <laughs> it really speaks to the to that full grace model, right? Which mm-hmm. we'll end up talking about next week, which is the you just forgiving it over it. That's what you're supposed to do. And not even, I mean, that's not a Christian thing because there's obviously no vertical dimension in it, but interesting to hear him talk about how that is his view of forgiveness. And it's how a lot of people, especially in religious circles, get told to forgive today. So for him or someone like him, how, how as his leader, do you, or Michelle, would you continue to have these conversations about help guide them into true grace, understanding so I think when talking about like a fond response or just in layman's terms, like that people pleasing tendency, which I think is really prevalent in the church, especially 
the whole topic of safety is, is so critical to that. And I think that's what's amazing <clears throat> about scripture is even when it talks about entering into uh, tough conversations, it's always tethered to love and gentleness. And I think if that was understood, like that is the norm, that's the the standard by which we're going to enter these conversations, it would offer a lot of healing mm. for people that have that tendency. How do you do that in a group setting? Can you do that in a group setting effectively? I think reminding people of the truth. Sometimes it sounds almost over the top to have to, to voice those things, but for people where that type of safety is not viscerally felt, it doesn't hurt to remind them who they are in Christ, what the nature of the relationship is, why we're even gathering, why are we even having this conversation that it all comes back to love and it's not meant to be like a direct threat. Yeah. Cause when you're having the conversation this week, he said something and instantly because of my personality, I wanted to be like, I'm going to fix that. And I went, no, no, I'm going to let that go because this is a conversation that I know will, it'll come up again and we can have it another day. Cause this isn't the right space because he was sharing mm. and I didn't want to stop him in the midst of his sharing, make him feel unsafe that he's got to say the right thing. It, but I do want him to theologically understand the truth that our forgiveness of others is dependent first upon God's forgiveness of us because it's been modeled first to us by Christ himself and the proper way to have it done. Mm -hmm. It's insightful. And I think like being attentive of those kinds of dynamics are huge because you talk about the theological understanding, which is huge, obviously. But I think for most people that even have or have had that response, myself included, you can rattle off the right answer. Mm -hmm. But that lack of like, a, again, a feeling of safety, it's hard to really access that unless you start to experience some healing in that area. But that's the beauty of coming together as a community. It's like you start to practice that and it, it creates the safety for you to start taking risks and being more vulnerable. So here's kind of something that comes out of this week then. How do you think we get people to the place where they begin to just scratch the surface of understanding our great debt before God mm -hmm. and what we've been forgiven from, because that's going to directly relate into our forgiveness of others. And if people don't understand the depth of our own forgiveness, it's going to result in, I don't know, an anemic type of forgiveness for others. So how do we help people to understand the weight of 10,000 talents? Mm -hmm. Well, I think you do a good job. I can't remember what week, but talking about God's wrath, like to me, that's what sets the stage for the depth of our wrongdoing. Otherwise it is pretty anemic. Why are you laughing? It's so funny. So the way we should do it in our space spaces is talk about God's wrath. <laughs> but again, the connotation of wrath and actually diving in and exploring what that means. We have a perfect holy God. Like how offensive is any shortcoming going to be? I got offended today when someone almost backed into my car at Starbucks. Like, <laughs> Well, you know, I'm thinking for me, like as a parent of th three kids, three and under, holy moly, do I see every little wrong and I want to correct it or mm -hmm. I want to, I, I want to change all those. If I can, if I could stop and say, holy moly, even in my responding to my kids, how must God feel mm -hmm. like there's, there's a level of, you're writing this thing for Ephesians in the, in, in the future, <laughs> for the future. Uh, and I read last night and, and you said marriage is... Look at my marriage, by looking marriage at part of marriage is to, is to teach us one other people aren't perfect, but the ideas of forgiveness in marriage that we see that there are other people 
there is faults there. Mm-hmm. And that's supposed to steer us back towards God himself because this relationship doesn't save me. Yeah. yeah. And, and if we can mirror like what we see in others, but amplify it in ourselves at how much worse we are than what we think we are mm-hmm. and that we're not always right, then, then I don't know, maybe there's something there where we can help people and understand. I don't know how, so how would you help your group understand self? I, I don't know. I think that that's a, that's a hard thing because I think it's something that God's spirit does in us. Right. And I, I'm not other people's Holy Spirit. I think I can, I can talk about what it means to me and what I see and how that really is just scratching the surface. We were talking about it a bit this week in, in our notes night, understanding who I am without what Christ has done. I think Brady, when he understands the depth of his own sin, I think it will change mm-hmm. his view of forgiveness as well. Because he's not there yet. He's so new. He's like, I mean, he's always asking questions. When you talk about the law, you know, what, what is that? What kind of law is that? And I'm like, oh, there's this Old Testament law. That's what we're talking mm-hmm. about when Paul talks about the law through Galatians. And he's thinking. How refreshing, though. I know, right? To have someone with not that knowledge yeah. that we can walk through. and Yeah. I think that it's God's Spirit's job that as we walk with him further and further, I think the deeper an understanding of our sin becomes. I almost think that sometimes if we understood the death of our sin, the moment that we believed, I don't know if we could recover from that. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think God's spirit leads into humility day by day as the more and more we see and understand our sin. Mm-hmm. I think there's more depth to it as we go through it. And how often do we ask for that too? Depends on your personality. <laughs> It may be good practice if you're not already doing this as GC leaders or group leaders to pray for those and over those in your group mm-hmm. and ask, ask God to do the work of revealing truth and how sinful we really are, each individual and collectively as a group, and to be moving in, in that and that then speaking through us to uh, speak of the grace that covers all that, our need for forgiveness. I think the the last question on here maybe as GC leaders, you know, before you get together with people in the coming week, maybe you could ask yourself that question, you know, is your community known for being loving, generous, gracious, and forgiving? And then properly defining those things because, you know, sometimes people think loving is that fond response, right? right? I don't cause any issues, don't cause any waves. Well, that's not loving. Loving, we are shown by God, speaks the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, forgiveness speaks the truth. Being gracious speaks the truth. You know, being generous speaks the truth. Are we known for being truly loving and forgiving and gracious? And and maybe ask your gospel communities that. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe have a, an idea in your own mind of, you know, the g- good places that you do it, maybe the faults, but then ask your GC as well, how do you think we're doing in this? And how could we do better? And listen to everybody's response. Well, let's talk briefly about the resources we're going to hand out this week, just so kind of GC leaders are aware of what's coming. We're seeing all these out ahead of time, right? Yep. I know that because my mom pointed it out to me and said, why is this on a big piece of paper? Oh, I know we send that out, but are we sending the the actual resources out too? Yeah, I did last Friday. And then I'm also putting it in the church center group. uh, at At our notes night this week, we have a couple people who are not getting the binders. And they're interested in the other stuff, but they didn't want to get a binder because they wouldn't use it. They would lose it. It's not just something that they would do. And so what Nick offered to do 
is send out those PDFs of those resources to them so they can see them and look through them so they can still have them Mm -hmm. in an email. Like you get Gmail, just save it forever. You got so much room. And that way, those who didn't take a binder can still get the resources and look it up if they want to. Mm -hmm. They're in version, right? They will be this Sunday. So I will create a special page on the website for all the, just the resources. And then we'll link that in your version and link tree. Sermon notes that will be on the table. The back will have a nifty diagram, uh, three types of forgiveness, vertical, internal, and horizontal, like you mentioned in your recap. Last week when we talked about and handed out the seven principles of forgiveness, number eight is actually this graph. So technically there are actually eight of those. We only put seven on the paper. That'll be on the back of the, um, the weekly notes. Yeah. And then the other ones are the cost of forgiveness. This came out of the Forgive book appendix uh, with three points. Then uh, a Q&A with N.T. Wright on this uh, Matthew section. Mm-hmm. And then... So there's an article from the Journal of Biblical Counseling, and it's called Pursuing and Granting Forgiveness by Timothy Lane. And there is a lot of wisdom here as he actually talks about this same parable of the unforgiving servant in Matthew 18. So a lot of it will coincide with what Aaron's going to discuss this week, but uh, there's some other practical guidance there too. So we're going to have a few copies printed. I'm also going to send it out to community group leaders and it will be in the show notes. Okay. I think that covers it pretty well. Um, So those are the resources. If you're not confused, uh, we haven't done our job. But if you have any questions, and again, let us know how you are using resources within your group, because we are interested in knowing about um, kind of the usefulness as we continue to build week to week uh, what we're going to be handing out. Encourage people in your group to listen each week. Go back and listen. uh, Pick up. And they can speed it up or slow it down. Except when I slow down, I sound like I've been drinking. (laughs) (laughs) I can't say which one or what was happening, but... There's this idea of, of who was right. There's some hurt feelings. Who was right? Uh, a lot of unfor- yeah, yeah. You know, you know what? You totally sound like you're drunk, <laughs> right? And more feelings. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on though. Somebody listening to this podcast fast, you playing, hearing that, it's going to be like a mind trip. Might be normal.